Welcome to the Critical Witness podcast, where we talk faith, apologetics, evangelism, and anything else we can think of. We hope you enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to Critical Witness. It's the first conversation we've had for a couple of weeks. Uh, glad you can make it, uh, all two of you that are watching. Um, we're here with Craig from 136 Apologetics, Eric Went from Eric Went's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dan is here as well. And we're just here to, to chat and have a conversation because we passed 500 subscribers a while ago, thanks to Bob the Builder, who gave us like 100 subs um, over the course of a couple of days. Uh, if you haven't seen the most watched conversation on our channel, then make sure you go and watch that and see why so many people uh, subscribed to that conversation. Um, guys, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you here. Thanks for having us. We, we have a light structure of three potential questions to discuss. So those of you who are joining us if you're joining us out there feel free to ask us questions may i stick the little banner on that uh says ask questions there we go here we go there we go so both of you guys have been introduced on our channel before greg you yeah both of you have been on here before haven't you yeah 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 and yeah that's true and uh so people can go and find both those conversations elsewhere so we're gonna we're gonna just start straight away with uh, gospel. What is what is the gospel? And I guess the, the question that you put, it, Eric, was how to share the full gospel. So I'm just gonna put it out there. When when someone someone asks you what the gospel is, how how, or how do you, how do you define gospel first? Let's start start with that. What, what is the gospel? Cool. Yeah. So it's definitely the main center of Christianity is the gospel. Okay. Um, and I find it really interesting, um, when we Christians, um, share, share the gospel, but we sometimes share it partially, or we don't actually live the gospel. Or sometimes you could go into a church and ask this question, what is the gospel? And you'll have just blank stares like, uh, it's the good news. Okay. Well, what is the good news? Um, and I, I've asked that question a few times when I was teaching classes on, you know, just Mormonism. I would just ask, you know, what what is the gospel? Because, you know, as some of us are apologists, um, but we're all Christians are called to be evangelists. We're all called to share the gospel. Um, and, yeah, I would get blank stares. So, I mean, the, the gospel is the joyous news that that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the son of God, um, became flesh. He became the the creature okay he humbled himself and took on human flesh he made himself lower than angels okay and uh he he humbled himself so much that he took on the cross and that's where you when people start saying they kind of stopped like yeah he, he died for your sins bam we're good um believe that and you're good but it doesn't stop there not only did he empty himself on the cross 
for humanity and sins, but he was buried. And then, okay, if we stop there, well, then he's just like all these other pagan gods or these, these false gods that don't mm -hmm. rise, but no, God raised him. All right. And, uh, you know, a lot of people like to go to first Corinthians, uh, 15, which is great. That is awesome. It's the proof of the resurrection and they stop there, but there's so much more. God was, God raised Jesus from the dead. And what did Jesus do? Well, he stayed for 40 days. He revealed himself to people and then he ascended. That's very, very important. We need to say that God raised from the dead and then he ascended to the father and is sitting at his right hand because if he doesn't descend, how do we get the Holy Spirit? I mean, that's, that's powerful. We mm. are the temples of God. All right. We have the Holy Spirit because Jesus is at the right hand of the father right now. And he's, he's mediating for us. All right. As, as the, as the author, the author of Hebrews says, and it doesn't stop there because yeah, while that's still good news, we can kind of see how that might be. Okay. Well, that's good, but there's so much more. There's a hope. And this is what the Jews were planning on for this Messiah, that this new Jerusalem was coming and they were, it was going to be ushered in by the Messiah. Okay. Well, we know that to be Jesus. He is going to usher in a new heavens and a new earth. That is the fullness of the gospel. And that's where we need to go is like, it doesn't stop at the, it doesn't stop at the cross. It doesn't mm -hmm. stop at the resurrection. It doesn't stop at the ascension. No, the gospel in its entirety is that Jesus, the son took on human flesh he went to the cross. He died. He was buried. He was raised in three days. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back. That is important news because, mm. you know, when we take on a new identity in Christ, it's almost like the prosperity gospel. We think, oh, everything's going to be great, but that's that's not true. That's not even what the early Christians believed. In fact, a lot of them ended up dying as martyrs, yeah. you know, but they lived with a hope. And the reason why they died with martyrs because they knew that there was something greater coming and that is the new heavens and the new earth and that in my opinion is the fullness of the gospel and why we should share all of the gospel sounds sounds good <laughs> i think that's good news um yeah so comments co comments on that like what, what is often missing and what is uh i i think um one of the interesting questions is yeah i think eric you've, you've laid it out quite quite clearly I always think, why, why, why does that matter? I think the hard part mm. is sometimes getting from that and trying to persuade a modern person with um, contemporary problems why mm. that matters. Like, what, what does it, what does it mean? Like, that sounds like a nice story, but what, right? What is it? What is that? Why does that? Why does that matter to me? Why? What do I? And what do I do with it? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, that is a great question, and we all struggle. Every single one of us has has struggles with some, a lot of people, we all struggle with sin. That's just hands across the board, whether you believe in sin or not, sin's real. Um, and there are lots of things in the world that prove that sin is real. <laughs> all right. You maybe, can just maybe, maybe define, define sin. What do you mean by sin? Um, anything that is against God's nature um, from the beginning. I mean, everything was made perfect in, in the garden. Um, so anything that goes against the the perfect nature of God would be considered sin, um, in my opinion. Some people have mm -hmm. different opinions. Um, so, you know, lying sin, even though we could tell a, li a white lie, um, and it might not hurt people or anything like that. I mean, but that goes against God. God does not lie. Um, that is 
essentially there. So when we think about the new heavens and new earth, every tear will wipe away. So there will be no more pain. There won't be any more oppression. There won't be any more um, this person versus that person. There won't be any arguments. There won't be um, separating. Uh, you know, there, we're so divided, um, not just in America, but everywhere. We're just so divided and we, we hate our neighbors. <laughs> you know, yeah. our neighbor over here could vote this way. My neighbor over here could vote that way. And I could be at odds with one of them and then the other place. But when we're in the new heavens and new earth, like that will be gone. Mm. So every tear will be wiped away. COVID is taking so many, one of our loved ones, so many, I don't know how many stories I see daily of, I lost, I lost my brother, I lost my sister, I lost my mom. Well, guess what? Our tears for that will be washed away, will be gone. It will be wiped away. And, and that's joy. I don't have to deal with that anymore. I know that I'm living in a perfect earth, a, a new Eden. All right. And then also it says that um, sin will be no more. I don't have to battle this. I don't have to battle flesh. So if I'm struggling with, you know, pride, I am a hundred percent. I'm a prideful man. Um, humility is not something that comes naturally to me. Um, so with pride comes a lot of more sins and I struggle with that and I turn away from that, but I still stumble. Okay. Well, I have the hope of the new heavens and new earth coming that I don't have to worry about that. I will be in full unity with the triune God. All right. I, I will, I won't be part of the tr Trinity. I, let me be clear on that. I will not be divine in any way. Um, I will be. We don't, in a we don't, we don't become gods here. No, wait, wait, wait. I mean, if we want to talk about the theosis, I mean, we, we, we become we become glorified um, in that sense, but we don't become gods, as my yeah. uh, my uh, my 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 Mormon neighbors may may think. Um, we don't become omni in any way. Mm. Um, so we we won't have that sin. I won't have to worry about jealousy. Um, I won't have to worry about lying to my boss if I'm five minutes late. Um, I won't have to worry about stealing. Not I won't that you have to covet. Thought. Not that, no, not at all. No. <laughs> um, you know, and then, you know, my pride will be wiped away. I'll be completely humble because I will be in the presence of all the glory that the Lord has shared. And it'll just be joy, man. I mean, I'm just smiling just thinking about it. Um, and that's why I think what 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 Paul says in Philippians uh 221 um for me to live is uh for me to live is christ to die is gain it's like what what are you talking about paul that's nuts we don't want to die um and uh and he was uh he was just saying like listen i know that there's an inheritance waiting that is coming and it, it's it's perfect and i love it theosis is root in christian mysticism it's a temporary merging with god Cool. So I, I guess it depends how you're merging, because um, that is that is good news. What you're talking about with the quote of um, new creation, heaven heaven coming down, and um, and that's that's a massive part of what I think has been missing for many people when talking about the gospel, what we are brought up with. Um, I even saw it recently in a, an article that someone shared from a C.S. Lewis quotes account. And I think um, C.S. Lewis would have been embarrassed for his name to be sort of associated with it. But it was like six myths that need to be debunked about hell. And the first line was 
the Bible tells us that when we die, we either go to heaven or hell. Mm. And I was like, well, that's, that's one of the biggest myths about the gospel that actually we're, we're told of this like dualism of going up or going down. The good news of the gospel, as you just, just so expressed, is that the gospel is that this, this earth will be made new and restored. And so I can get glimpses of what heaven will be like by what happens here now. I can get glimpses of God's judgment by what happened and happens here and now. That I don't have to sort of think of babies with harps and clouds and wings and yeah. things, but we've we've got um yeah, new new creation, the things that we long for and desire that death will be no more. That part of the gospel is why it's relevant, is we want God to deal with the pain. Uh, we yeah. want God to deal with the mess. And the answer is that well, he he has done something through well first his first instance was making things new with the people of israel and mm -hmm. working things back through the creation through them then also uh there was a a major impact through christ and incarnation and and what we see is that's a running theme is that god comes to be with his people and works with people finishes a work of defeating death on the cross showing that it will be finally defeated after the after um judgment and so we've got all these themes showing that god is continually dealing with evil but we still wrestle with it here and now and one day it will be defeated totally but in a sense that this this world will still be made new and god will dwell with his people in new creation i think that's a massive part that's missing Mm. in people's theology we've still got this idea that we've, it's either up or down and earth is like just a, a middle ground test center um, which is a bit more like um islam really yeah and i mean we also got to think too is you know jesus is king king and lord i think sometimes we take away from his from his kingship and lordship in some of our gospel presentations and mm. uh, we got to remember that you know to me, the, the the most beautiful passage that just tells the whole gospel is Philippians two five five verses eleven, um, and man, that's just if you if you get a chance, just go read it, man. And it's 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 just a I'm preaching on it th this Sunday night at uh, my father in law's church, and I just can't wait because it's just it's just impacted the way I uh, I just view the gospel and how much it's just I'm, I'm in love with that gospel and it's great um you know king jesus <laughs> and he's our lord and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that jesus is lord and it comes down to are we going to bow as as honoring the king and lord or are we going to be haters and angry and that's the complete difference i think um going back to what you were saying earlier like you said, you, you've been to a number of churches and you've asked people to, to explain the gospel to you. And this might be people that have been in church for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I think you mentioned last time you, you were on, you said the biggest problem in the church at the moment is, is biblical illiteracy. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, I think, um, and I mean, I, I, I've certainly got a great deal to learn about the Bible. You know, I'm not pretending to be some kind of scholar, but I think, I think a problem we've got is, people will turn up and listen to a sermon and then maybe go away for the week and not interact with the Bible, not interact with each other, not be part of the Bible study or anything like that. And they just kind of, everything just falls through the cracks a bit. You know, I think, I think the, 
the only way we're going to get people to share the gospel effectively is um, is to get them studying the Bible and, and to get ourselves studying the Bible, yeah. you know, and, and to have the, the full old knowledge. Like like you were saying, it's it's about the new creation, the new heavens, the new earth, the, you know, King Jesus, he's going to come back and he's going to reign and he's going to rule and we're going to be with him and, and everything like that. And I think a lot of people would just say, well, what's the gospel? Well, Jesus will forgive you of your sins. Right. Yeah. Well, and and like Dan was saying, well, how does how does that make a difference to me now? I'm struggling to make my car payments. You know, I might lose my job. My kid is sick. How, how does that? All right. So you're saying that there's this, you know, he was the atheist favorite phrase, Sky Daddy, who's going to forgive me of all my sins. But that doesn't make any difference to me now. And you're promising me this thing in the future where he's just going to forgive my sins. It's like, well, if it's a if it's a partial presentation like that, it seems kind of empty. You can you can see why people are not going to buy into it. You can see why people are not going to be inspired by it. You can see why people are. Hmm. It's not going to take people's breath away. Just the majesty of it. Yeah. You're just saying, well, he's going to forgive you of your sins. What does that mean? And what if you don't believe in sin? My life yeah. doesn't make any yeah. difference to my future. Is is the way that they'll see it? It, yeah. it is. Um, it's it's insufficient. How yeah. we if if you if you look at um, the modern church I and mean, if you like the example where you're saying when you go to a church ask people what the gospel is and you're kind of met with you know rolling you know silence and rolling eyes is it feels very much like it falls on on individuals to just do things themselves like you either read good books you read the bible you don't or you read you know solid good material written material or you read non you know uh non-solid uh reading material you know um and there's no there's no practice of 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 catechesis or anything like that you know you go back to, you know hundreds of years or you go back to the early church you know new christians would be catechized into the faith sounds you know, like so legalism then no no you, you 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 would you would go through basics and i love it i think that that um unfortunately um you know there were many good things from the reformation and, and many negative things i think one of the negative things is that anything that is quote religious you know that an evangelical will kind of pick yeah. up on you know crosses in the church or um you know uh yeah catechesis yeah catechesis him you know those kinds of things would become quite um negative about yeah. um but actually there's there's so much um there's there's so much that's rich and beneficial in that that we've 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 got rid of um and you know something like catechesis i think would be would be something really helpful today you know um i i can't remember who it was um who i read but he's, he's basically saying that everyone's being catechized yeah so you're either being catechized in the gospel by the gospel or you're being catechized by the culture but it's never neutral you're always being catechized to have certain beliefs certain views um, and what we end up having we don't do things like that we're not proactive but reactive you end up what we have today is you know you can um you can have your cake and eat it can't you you can have a little little bit of Christ christianity on a sunday and then you don't have to go back or think you know think too much about it until the next next sunday but largely your beliefs and and your worldview is really being shaped um yeah. by the six days you're being catechized in the cultural faith cultural mm. norms um and then we're wondering why you know a lot of christians you know you know don't believe in traditional sexual uh, you know sexual ethics uh, you know, have views of marriage of uh, of gender roles of um you know of abortion of euthanasia like all these different 
issues and things as well that, that can't understand the trinity you know you've got you know Oof. famous famous people um mm. on 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 tiktok with millions and millions of people misrepresenting the trinity and saying you know it's all sorts of things and it feels i i am by nature melancholy and and um uh, glass half empty uh and so i i, I this this stuff really gets me down i try not to just even look at it because i find Christian, it, it seems such. It seems so problematic at a moment. It's very difficult, I find, to be very positive um, about things because there seem like there's so many problems. We can't. Mm. You know, as I said, the one fundamental one is you go into a church and probably the majority of the people couldn't explain to you what the gospel is uh, mm. without sort of you know a very childlike understanding um, that it's the the kind of ABCs and then you leave it behind which is contrary to what the whole gospel, the, yeah. the, the, the book of Galatians is saying is the, the, the gospel is for you forever. Like it's A to Z. It's not a, it's not a, a, a B, C. It's, it's, it's everything. Um, I like how you accommodated Eric with the A to Z there. That was very gracious. Change his head, Dan. Come on, you're British. Um, oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes that, that was that was me. Me being very yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric's not gracious at all. Yeah. It's no. uh, yeah. the gospel work, know, Dan. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know about the catechizing, and you know, Craig, you make it a good point. I did say that. Uh, so good memory. I did say that. You know, we're biblically illiterate, and I'm guilty of this, guys. I mean, I'm I'm essentially guilty of. Um, you know, hearing hearing the gospel 5.2 billion times and rejecting it, and then I I accept it um, through the power of the whole. You know, the Holy Spirit softened my heart. So don't you know? I'm not Pelagian. Okay, guys, I'm not. Hey, calm down. Uh, but uh, you know, the Holy Spirit drew me towards towards accepting the the, the gospel, and um, yeah, and then it, it my life changed. And I just wanted more of the word. And there's been several times where I've been in conversations and yeah, sometimes, you know, it's, I, I stopped at a certain point and I, looking back on it, I'm like, Hmm, did I share the full gospel? And I mean, the, the question, the, the answer to me is no. I, I, I mean, that is a, something that could bring them into church and they can talk to someone much smarter than me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that we all kind of do. We just want to do the elevator. Um, evangelism um but and which is great but i think we just gotta we just gotta stay on point you know jesus is king and there, there's a hope or else it's it's really not a good news at all mm. it's trying to get the, um, oh go on yep. you go oh go on sorry yeah. no i was just going to say that the is 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 trying to communicate the full gospel perhaps a little bit too of a lofty goal um in, in mm. you know what I, I guess what are the essentials you know what are mm. the essentials of the gospel if you're in a in a you know discussion with with someone you know what what are the, the key essentials that you want to try Ooh. and communicate to someone who you know does not have a christian background does not um you know um you know and I, I, there are there are it's interesting isn't it because throughout um you know the, the new testament there are there are different ways different things mm. you can emphasize depending on who you're talking to and paul was obviously very good at this you know that when he talked to when he shared the gospel with Jews, it was very different to how he shared yeah. it with Greeks, and I'm sure mm -hmm. with different um, groups, uh, you know, people have different, different beliefs, uh, you know, um, framed it in a slightly different way. So I guess what 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 are the what, what can we agree are the essentials for um, today? You know, a modern Western person, 
what would be the the, the essential mm. things you think of the gospel to communicate? Are you asking me or Craig or Phil? Oh, we can or... throw it out there. Yeah, no, throw it there. I think I think the first thing you need to do is um, you're going to call them a sinner. You need to define sin for them because you say sin and they instantly that's instantly going to be a bit of a slap in the face. And yeah, the, the gospel is offensive. But you need to start off, I think, by defining sin and what it is in the context of, of the holiness of God. You've you got to put it out there that, right, God God is perfect. And when I say sin, this includes me as well. But we all fall short of his standard. Can't we you just say something me. like we're, we're flawed? Like, is there, there's nothing no. magical about the word sin in the English language. Uh, I, I think probably when you're chat when you're speaking with someone, a modern per you know, that you're... Mm that we can admit in the same way that mm. you, know, you look at that we are flawed. We can, we can admit that we are mm. flawed, that yeah. we are imperfect, that we make mm. mistakes. We gravitate to, um, you know, doing what's, what's better for us rather than necessary for other people that mm. we are, we are fundamentally flawed. And I think that is, is, is one way in which you can communicate the nature of sin for someone. I, I, I just think sometimes I'm not saying, Oh, I'm never going to say sin. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, for me, even how I think of sin is 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 that we are we have a flawed nature mm. that we mm. were at one point this beautiful painting, uh, but we're we're damaged. There's something beautiful mm. about it, but there there is something, but there's something that's flawed about that that image mm. as well. In the way that we mm. we are image bearers of God, but we are mm. we're deeply flawed. Um, yeah. You know, not utterly complete. We can do good things, we can do kind things, we can do beautiful things, um, but. But there's also a, a darker, a darker side to that. And I, uh... Callum's joining in, saying our moral yeah, no. the stable disposition to fail when compared to perfection. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I yeah. Meant. yeah. Oh, that works. Eric, you want to Go on. Oh no, yeah, I was, I was contemplating the flawed language because I do, I do agree. And then I'm also trying to think, like, can, can something flawed be? incongruent with the per so i'm thinking of like an assembly line can a flawed like here let's take um what's a flawed iphone all right we all have phones and some of them have flaws can we still sell that can it still be compared to uh, a right off the shelf iphone well yeah we have refurbished and we have brand new where i look at sin as we are completely separated from god because of sin and I guess that's maybe where the language, I mean, Dan, you were right. And I, I and I can get on board with the flaw language, but I think since so much, like we are completely separated from God because of our sin. And that's what makes Jesus so special because he was unflawed in every, in every aspect. So, but I, I definitely, I definitely can get on board with that. And the yeah, way that you explain it is very, is very good. Uh, so my wheels were turning. So that's all. I could, I could I see. I was thinking he's not yeah. liking this. He's not. No, no, him. no. <laughs> 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 have, have a fight. Yeah. yeah no, no, I think no. how, that's how what, you that's get, what get us views guys. So fight away. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> well, let's talk about Conor McGregor then me and him. Um, and I think, but you were building that in terms about what does that, what, you know, what does that mean for us and God? Well, it means that relationship is fractured. Um, you know, again, Ooh, I think there, there, are, there, there, there are, there are ways in which there are, there are, I think you can often only share in, in the way that you understand it, like in the, in the way that you understand sin and the gospel, it makes yeah. sense to you is often the best way to communicate it to someone else. Um, so, um, 
yeah that was just just one yeah one of the things i think another thing that i would also do as well is set it in its worst context have i got feedback i can feel like i'm hearing myself twice possibly i don't know if i mute yeah. myself um there we go is that gone now yeah it's phil's fault oh um, uh, i'll go get some headphones you guys crack on um <laughs> so i mean so yeah another thing would be setting the gospel in its context is that um like one one thing i do when i when i pray for when i pray with my oldest daughter is i talk about i always say um even though i always say something like this i say even though the universe is so big and deep and wide and expanding and and even though we our planet is so small and we are even smaller yet we still matter to god so i i try and i, I try and i always try and see and that's intentional i do that because i want her to i feel like that does communicate something about the the vastness of the universe the um the vastness and majesty of god and how insignificant we actually are really in a way that we are yeah in 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 regard you know in respect to the universe we are we are universe we are we're insignificant we shouldn't matter and yet we do mm -hmm. um um that god was such that he became like us and entered the world and that that for me i always think is that's 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 how i try and that's how i understand it in the way that's persuasive to me because otherwise it doesn't make much sense like we have to first you have to yeah we can talk about sin not not negating that but we also matter to god like mm -hmm. that's also significant uh we yeah that that relationship is fractured but we matter to god and i think yeah. the fact that we are so small and insignificant actually makes what christ did even more beautiful and and um and communicates his love for us to win us back um so yeah that, that's, I think, I think that's, that's a hugely important thing to bring out in terms of the christian and i, I think to some extent we probably emphasize this more than a, a jew might when looking back to the old testament i need to ask my rabbi friend if this is the case but the the fact that god places himself amongst his people is a repeated uh theme that is obviously perfected in christ but this idea of god coming down is is hugely christian it must be jewish I, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be as well but like well, that's that the is throughout the old throughout the hebrew bible yeah. on there of, of yeah exactly so the 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 islamic god is so other that he's you, even when you gain paradise you're not with him um you just gain pleasures like that there's something very unique to this idea that in new creation we we dwell with god as a family of god as a people of god remain somewhat individual while being part of a collective without being absorbed by the collective or still remaining away from god himself and that, that seems to be something that nothing else offers um the, the sort of unique attributes we have in some of the more eastern religions you just sort of are absorbed into the greater the whole of everything else of the universe you kind of just blip out of existence in some senses and you're meant to find hope in that um i i find that's quite a 
yeah, there's the, it's quite nihilist, <laughs> I think, in my in my opinion. Um, What's nihilist? The the idea that you just sort of blip into or you're absorbed by everything else, as if that's right. If that as if that's a good thing. I, I've never clicked with the idea of why that's uh, that why that would be an, a, a worldview that is something I long for. You're just absorbed into the vast nothingness of of cosmic eternal death. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd be a great nihilist. Yeah. I'd be a great nihilist. Honestly, if it wasn't for the God, I would definitely be a nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to be a happy one, though. <laughs> no, no, no. A contented nihilist. Yeah. Thinking about the um, the flawed language, though, I, I definitely see where you're going with that. Mm. But if you think about if you think about sin. I'm trying to make sense of this in my head. It's then. Richard. This is that's, this. This is the problem, because me and Phil have talked about this before. Is whatever you think about, it, it's so much richer. So if you talk about sin, it's like, well, yeah, what I said was partly true, but also I missed out loads. And then you'll mm. say something else, and I think, oh well, yeah, that's that's that's, that's mm. true as well. That's that's mm. that's. And then, but actually, you've missed loads of that stuff as well. Plus the stuff I said, and then someone will say something else, and then actually, yeah, you're right. That's that's a good way of explaining sin as well. Like it is. There's there's, and that's what I'm trying to say is what 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 what's the essential bit? I kind of think I, I try not to worry about it too much because I think like God will be all right with with what you do. Like as long as you communicate some true aspect mm. of what sin is and 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 the gospel. Otherwise, it does it puts a lot of pressure on us, doesn't it? I used to think that I had to have this exact message like blah, 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 at points yeah. a to e and if i don't do that oh gosh i've you know i've really let the side down there but mm. you know i think you know all, all the four of us you know of um you know have all heard you know the gospel was not shared with us we didn't hear it in the same way and yet here we are mm. um, yeah and i guess the danger of the a to e and i think this is partly why people deconstruct and can't pick anything back up is because the gospel of a to e of, of these steps that you have to know to become a christian the moment there's any tension or even an alternative explanation not al oh, maybe al alternative explanations incredible so what, what i mean by this there's, there's something that comes up when when talking about um contextualization for crossing cultures with the gospel where to the extent of so I've heard the, the sort of pushback against things like um, talking about honor and shame rather than necessarily all about guilt and innocence. The pushback is, well, you're you're creating another gospel. So well, why don't you where, where, where's the line stop? Why don't you create another gospel for well, the, the, this was the pushback of an article I've read. Why, why don't you create a gospel for the LGBTQ? Why don't you create a gospel for the um, what was the other one? It was for all of the cultural hotspots you create a new gospel to interact with them and it's like that's not really what we're saying we're saying that this gospel has so many aspects to it that it's like a diamond that the moment you try and pinpoint one from a western perspective you're going to miss out the others that draw in all nations all cultures and all peoples to it um but so many of us in the west have just got this I, if i don't talk if I've, I've got to talk about sin that means i've got to talk about hell that means i've got to talk about judgment that means i've got to talk about um guilt god's made us innocent and then we we, we miss these tensions they're actually really 
awesome to start to weave actually where sin is guilt but it's also shame and it's also unclean it's also death christ brings life honor joy <laughs> like these you start to bring out these these descriptors oh actually you know what this, this does sound like good news so that if the person who's like well i'm not guilty before god i haven't done anything wrong um well actually like do you ever have a sense of shame do you ever have a sense that you might die one day <laughs> like, well, there's, there's there's something else that we can uh refer to like well god god has offered you life like uh power over fear like there's there's always something that can draw someone who's totally like op opposite to the gospel or even doesn't quite get it like well, why, why does jesus need to die um that kind of stuff we generally go to guilt his death makes me innocent but i how would you so that maybe I'll take it to that how would you answer that why 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 does sin the fact of me doing something wrong require require death my death or Jesus's death why why what's that connection because I think that that connection is often missing from a gospel presentation it's Jesus died for my sins so that I might have life but why 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 sin equals death what what, what are your thoughts on that well, because a, because a price had to be paid, isn't it? It's because of God's perfect moral character, because of God's perfection. Um, he couldn't just ignore the fact that people have sinned or done wrong or um, offended him or broken his law, or however you'd phrase it to them. You just explained that he, you know, he's he's like the perfect judge who wouldn't just brush an offense under the carpet or wouldn't brush a wrongdoing under the carpet. You know, he isn't just going to turn his back on it. He isn't just going to pretend it didn't happen. So something had to be done to pay the price. Something had to be done to, to correct it, to reconcile it. And, you know, then you talk about how Jesus being the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, the only one who ever was perfect was the only one that was good enough to pay the price. Hmm. I, I I think it's good. So, so then we get the the pushback of, what about children? So a child, like a child, has maybe been a bit selfish, lied to the parents a couple of times, but generally is a good person. Why? In what way are they sinful? And in what way is Christ's blood needed for them? Uh, Over to you, Eric. <laughs> yes. Well, it depends on if you're a federalist or not. I happen to not be. Um, so Fed federalist, explain explain the term. I probably know of it. Oh, but okay. Cool. So so most I'm gonna get eaten up by some of my friends who are federalists, but um, so Augustine taught that original sin went down to that you were born guilty of sin even as a child, which is why he promoted uh, baby baptism. Um, and why a lot of people believe that, yeah, you need to be baptized as a baby. I would reject that idea and say that we have ancestral sin. Um, original sin, you know, is, is true, um, that we, we inherit Adam's sinful nature, okay? Um, mm -hmm. And that we, we are condemned by God by our sin, not by the sin of Adam, okay? Um, so for when you just said, Phil, you know, so what about a child that lies? Well, they are now guilty of sin. This is why they need the gospel. This is why they need Jesus. This is why we need to preach our gospel to our children. Um, 
I said our gospel. No, that's not that's not what I'm. That's why we preach the gospel to our, our children, um, and that's important. Um, you know, they 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 need to understand that you know God does love you. And what was the initial the the initial question was in the beginning? Um, why did Jesus have to die? Well, one God God told us that He was going to send a seed from the woman. To crush the certain the, the the serpent's head, so that's why Jesus <laughs> came. I mean, God 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 told us He's keeping His promises, which is also good news. He we have a, a God that keeps promises, and um, He He sent His Son. His Son humbly took on flesh and uh, didn't lie, didn't cheat, didn't steal. It wasn't prideful. In fact, was the most humble person of all time. Um, hmm. We should have that mind, um, and that's what we need to share to our children. Um, yeah, did that kind of answer the question? Yeah, so the Federalists yes. would say that, that God, they, they're not God, but that um, they were, children are born with with the guilt of Adam, and that's why we, yeah. we, we, we baptize them as babies so that it is there. And then a lot of them would say that they have to be re-baptized, or once they make a confession of faith, they are now part of the, they are now grafted into the church. Um, maybe not with baptism, but they are now grafted in through the confession of or through the profession of faith, um, which is what I would reject. That there sounds some like a bit of complication for getting round, um, like Ezekiel. It says the soul that sins shall die, rather than the the, the soul that whose dad's sin died. Um, also, I, David, when David um, lost his child, he even you know he praised God like I know I will see my child um in, mm. in in the new jerusalem like he he said that so that gives me plenty of evidence that um yeah his baby that died um was in the presence of the lord and that's mm. that's how we should also think of things um that's why you know um when we when we see the heinous um immoral act of abortion um you know i i hate it with every ounce of my being and I, I just wish and pray that um, it would end and that if any woman has ever thought about it or had an abortion that the, there's there's the gospel is greater than that um, mm -hmm. and that you are loved by God but then also when if someone ever got Lord praise the Lord I've never had this happened, but miscarriages, those are tough topics. And mm. maybe as pastors or leaders or people, you know, we have to realize that, you know, the scripture shows that, um, you know, David lost a child, <laughs> a child that mm. he, he conceived in, in sin almost like he, mm. he, he murdered and then committed adultery with, with Uriah's wife. And, um, but he said, no, I will see my child in, in, in the next life. Um, which is a mm. beautiful thing. In my opinion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, there, there is great hope for for that in terms of de dealing with salvation and, and children, and um, yeah, and that's that's helpful, helpful even on a personal level for me. But the um, the the connection, I think, is still like in a Western mindset, maybe not even just Western. The connection that a lie falls so far short that it deserves death is is foreign to us mm. so we're thinking sort of proportional justice 
in even in biblical mindset, proportional justice would be eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So how do we get from lie to death? Mm. Um, yeah, and I've got I've got some thoughts in my it, mind. I'm just trying to push no a little one, bit. No, no one's judged solely for a lie, though, are they? No. If if you have a you have a sinful human nature, you are. Yeah, your your heart's far from that, God. You're, that, you're, are, I, that, yeah. that nature of we flaw, we come out flawed yeah. with a propensity to rebel against God um, and to to do what's in our own interest and not God's and, and other people's. So it's never, it's not like it, it it can't be framed. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not accurate to frame it as one sin. That's it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're uh, right. You're, you're out. Is that it is. It is a, a pattern. It is a um, it's a propensity to it, it's our natural inclination we to, to rebel and to, to challenge God and and uh, engage in sinful thoughts and actions and give in to temptation and things like it's that's that's a more realistic picture. I'm not it it, it just feels mm. weird to, to to think of like that's it. Well, one sin that's it get out it does it's, it's a flawed view of sin because it's not like mm. it's not sin can't even reduce to an action it's like you did something wrong no 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 no, no. that that can be that can, that is that can be sinful but it's much more than that it's about the fact you have a heart that was willing mm. to even you know, your, your, your inclination it, was yeah. to, to, to even want to sin to perhaps mm. to save your own skin it was easier to to to, to lie um, well, if we look, even, if we even, look at the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, I mean, what's the first commandment? You shall love the mm -hmm. Lord your God with all, with all your heart and have no gods be, before him. Well, our hearts go away from that. <laughs> so we've already committed yeah. number one. That's why we lied. Mm -hmm. That's why we did this. And we're individualistic. You know, we're, we're prideful, all these things. I mean, that's that counts. That's why um, I think Paul's right when he says, for all of sin and all fall short to the glory of God. Mm. he can say that because of the first commandment yeah if if, if i got what you were saying for was you if if i've understood what you were saying properly you you were, were you trying to say like why why did why did jesus have to die like because it does it does feel a bit extreme doesn't it you think well why, yeah. why can't if god's god why can't he just be like allah and just say look go on a holiday to mecca give uh, you know, you to give a little, a, a, a very small amount, but a little bit of, of money, say a prayer, a couple of other things, and you know, pray five times Job's a done. day, and that, and that's it. Like, like that's it. I've, yeah, this all, all is forgiven. Um, so, is that what you're saying? Like, why? What's, 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 what's the purpose? Yeah, sort of, like, why, sort of. why did he need to die? Why can't he just, just? wave a magic wand like a gene you know like a yeah a wizard i, I and, think and i think that is a genuine i think that is a genuine contention out, but um on the podcast that, that might sound a bit bad he's uh got a magic wand that uh looks like harry yeah, potter's just just for controversy <laughs> He's a big Harry so uh, just just totally derailed the conversation there. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think I, I think that was my fault for for innuendos. Um, anyways, so I, I guess the, a genuine contention I think is is that is why why didn't God, who is all powerful, uh, all knowing, all loving, surely He could come up with some other way that doesn't involve killing 
Because that, 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 that's how I've heard it phrased. So whether or not well, that's... Like Dan was saying, you know, in in Islam, if you if you take your trip to Mecca and if you if you make your donations and if and if you sort of fulfil a couple of requirements, then you're kind of okay. Um, I I don't I don't know Islam all that well. I, I don't know exactly mm. what the requirements are, but so salvation isn't certain by following the five mm. pillars, but but it's but you've got better odds. You've got, a, you've got a pretty good chance, as far as I understand. Yeah. So, in a sense, that kind of cheapens the um the perfection of god if you could if you could do all sorts of things wrong if you could live a pretty rotten life but tick a few boxes and and have a good chance of getting away with it like the death of jesus yeah that that's that's about as extreme as it gets it's like the son of god came and lived the perfect life and then was slaughtered in a horrific and humiliating death yeah, that, that's horrific and that's extreme, but that just goes to highlight how extreme it is when we, by our sinful nature, offend God. Mm-hmm. It's like the proportion of the, the consequences is directly related to how serious the offence is. And it's like if, you know, the, the classic example, if, if you walked up to somebody in the street and slapped them, the police will probably just give you a bit of a telling off, you know, first offence or something like that. Don't do it again. But if you walked up and you slapped the queen, you're never seeing daylight again. It's like the perceived position of the person who's offended or, or sinned against. The, the higher their status, the higher their perfection, the more, the more um, glorious God is, the more of a payment it requires. So rather than just sort of put some money in the coffers and, and recite a little prayer, something as extreme as offending God requires an extreme solution, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard that used in terms of hierarchy. Um, yeah, I, I, need to, I need to process that. I've, I've sort of engaged with that in the past, but there's something about hierarchy I'm, I'm, I'm wary of and that, and I, I can't remember why, not, but not I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Not necessarily hierarchy, but um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to try and straighten it out in my head. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I've definitely heard that I'm argument. Like, I might chirp up a bit later. Yeah, no, it's fine. My brain's frozen as well, so it's all, it's all good. <laughs> there's something as well about, there you go, yeah. it's a bit of an Anselm, there you go. Um, that th- there is a bit of relativistic in that. I have engaged with that argument because it has mm. come up with why hell must be the most severest punishment that you can think of because a sin against God is the most terrific thing that you can think of. And and then we become into this sort of, yeah, that, uh, that's Anselm's take on the severity of, I think well, he used it. It's a justification yeah. for hell. Yeah, hey, well. I saw yeah. that. I, I saw that in the chat. I I don't, I kind of disagree with that. I've, I've been doing a lot of research. I mean, I, if he maybe, I don't know who Callium is and I'm, I'm not saying he's wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've done, I think I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I, if he could just send me where Anselm or a- a- Anselm, excuse me, um, is saying that, um, I'd love to read it. Cause I've been doing a lot of reading and I don't think, I think, I think Anselm has a pretty, PSA or penal substitutionary atonement view of um, 
of the crucifixion, everything like that. I think he thought it was necessary. I, I think he wrote that on why God became man, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, <coughs> so I, I would love to just uh, know where he's getting that, and then I could go re research it. Mm. So, the, but there's a, there's also something about um, death as as death itself is an intruder in creation, um, and and. Jesus, by dying and actually coming back from the dead, resurrected, is showing that he has defeated death. Um, yeah. There's actually there's actually something about that that's important as well in terms of the, the kind of overarching redemptive story of of, of creation itself being redeemed. Um, is that it, it, yeah? It's also for us, also for, um, as, as as well. So there is a um, yeah, there is a. Um, there's the fact that death, death is defeated. Death is something to that, that, that mm. Jesus conquered, um, and and without it, um, I think it's quite it's it's quite. Otherwise, death is still there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the angle I, that I've I've come to take with it. Is we get caught up on Jesus died for my sin. My sin means I'm guilty. Therefore, Jesus' death placates sin and makes me innocent. And while that's this truth in that, it does jump over the fact that our great the the last enemy to be defeated is death. That there is some part of our sin that's tied to death. Uh, in sort of intrinsically in in Paul's arguments, at least the the, the wages of, of sin is death, and the the sting of death is sin. That there's this kind of cyclical aspect of and i think this is where separation language can be helpful with regards to sin as well if sin separates us from the giver of life there's no route other than to death that we can take and so what it needs is it's someone to bridge the, the the chasm of death must be bridged and that's where the cross comes in offers us life and and it's why i'm quite passionate about the fact of using that language of life life and death uh, in, including and encompassing what we mean when we, when we talk about the second death, but death is what Christ has saved us from to offer us life. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of, again, why that whole aspect of the gospel is this direction to heaven and hell. I, I try and avoid that language. Now is, is our, our actual project tra trajectory is in Christ to life uh, away from Christ to death and to life is new creation um, and that again is just like that. That sounds like good news to me. I can picture that and imagine. I know what life is because I'm living it. Um, but it's going to be this life, all its pain removed, suddenly Amen. becomes much more hopeful. Amen. Um, so uh, that that would be kind of the take I I would have that we we try and we're trying to join guilt with death, and it doesn't quite work because we don't live in a society. Well, many of us don't live in a society where the death penalty has been around for for decades so it's foreign to us as a punishment in the first place but then we also are living in societies that want to get rid of the death penalty so we're like well well death is is just wrong as a punishment uh, and we've tied that all together and so it's bringing back this concept of like well death itself is the enemy and, and christ has to defeat that alongside our sin um, thoughts uh, that's how that's how i take it hi there 
this is Phil Dunkarf. Thank you so much for listening to the Critical Witness podcast. If you like what you hear, please do subscribe, share the episode, and write a review. It will help others find us. And if you really like what you hear and want us to grow, please do consider supporting us through patreon.com forward slash critical witness. Enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, you're right. Um, I think we're operating also from a guilt and innocence culture, all, all four of us, you know, um, but also Christ's death and resurrection also speaks to a shame. You know, uh, there are many cultures where if you shame the family, you are disowned or even <laughs> killed. Um, and and Christ's, Christ's death, even a humiliating death. And then God raising him from the dead and honoring him by it. he ascends. And now he's at his right hand, brings honor to Jesus. And he raises in victory. Um, and that brings honor. And once you believe that, you, you, your honor is restored. <laughs> mm. All right? Like the Imago Dei is just uh, your Christ's righteousness is imputed on you. Okay? Mm. And it's just, you know, sharing that to a different culture uh, that operates from a shame, uh, a, a shame honor. You know, that's that's great. Like, yeah, I may have shamed my family, but I also shamed God, and that's more important. But Christ brought honor to that. I mean, oh, man, it's beautiful. Oh, mm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, it. it. The shame thing is interesting. Like, so um, I think it often gets lost in in pictures of of Jesus on the cross about how shameful crucifixion was. Mm-hmm. Is that just me? or? or oh, yeah. But, yeah. Like, yeah. You have to... But, yeah. People forget that you're, you know, you're probably naked, and you're mm-hmm. having to urinate, defecate on yourself. Um, you're bleeding. Um, you're suffering. You know, you're the, the 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 punishment of of criminal. Um, it, it, it's publicly in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that would be shameful in a shameless culture. Let alone a culture that that emphasised the, the 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 cultural um, importance of, of of shame, um, and it's always struck me as that we we um, we forget it's easy to forget how shameful Christ you know, Jesus's death was, um, mm. because we just everything it's always looked so neat and tidy with his, the nails you know through there and there, but actually it was. Yeah, sometimes Usually you have, I think you have to look on his face as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did cry out. It wasn't, it wasn't comfortable. <laughs> no, um, no, no, yeah, and, and the, the, even the language is explicit in the Bible of he took the shame. Like, mm-hmm. there's, it is so explicit. And I, I was, I, I did a talk a while back, like I prepped it, but I actually delivered it uh, last Thursday to the Christian Union, and. It's something that's been pointed out to me, partly because of my work, partly because working across cultures, it is just reading the story of the two sons, as I, I like to call it, since reading Tim Keller, Tim, the, Tim Keller's "The Prodigal God." Mm-hmm. Like the, the the title "The Prodigal Son" doesn't do the, the story justice, uh, as as Keller points out. The two sons are where the story is at. You've got the one that we all put ourselves in the shoes of, who sins against his father, goes away, and and 
sort of comes back and is forgiven and we're like yeah that's my conversion story i was far from god and i come back and then you've got the older brother who's like always been with the father and is like no nah, i can't come in and celebrate with my my son and so i always like highlight those two stories partly because of keller pointed it out but also because throughout that story there's no language of sin there's nothing about guilt in the sense of sin like there's there's a concept of sin in the sense of shaming the father of assuming that he's pretty much already dead to the son because he's asking for the inheritance there's a sense of shame when the the son comes to the father there's no real repentance as we see it like there's no like um i'm sorry i turn away from my there's there's none of none of that asking for forgiveness it's i'm not worthy to be your servant um and so just really like hammering home that this is the gospel message we know it's the gospel message as westerners but we don't quite get that it's not the Western gospel message because we interpret it through our lens, trying to see guilt where there isn't and trying to see innocence where it's not about being innocent, but being clothed and given sandals, given a robe, given a feast. Um, that speaks a whole different set of uh, gospel language that we try and sort of blend to be about guilt innocence but it's it's not there um and we sort of fudge it a little bit and then kind of and and don't be like the older brother um uh so it's yeah that, that's that's one of the stories that always stands in my mind of like this is this if you want to know what shame and honor looks like as a gospel message it's right there yeah. Phil, could you put callum's comment up on the, this bottom one sorry yeah, as you said, Callan says, I've, I've heard that even into the second century, the shock that Jesus was worshipped still persists due to the shame of the cross. Yeah, because mm. the, the Greeks and the Romans especially put a real emphasis on dying well. You know, so if mm. you were if you were someone important, you were almost vindicated by by your death. So by having mm. a shameful death undermined the importance of the message of that person. That's what was so scandalous. So actually... Jesus, we don't understand that the fact Jesus was crucified was as such of such gravity that it seemed to undermine his importance. That's why they couldn't understand. Mm. Like, why are you worshiping a crucified God? Because if 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 we if we determine someone's someone's importance by by both their message and their and their death, then that seems to undermine the importance of of jesus because mm. yeah we could set he said some nice some wise things but he died a criminal's death a shameful criminal's death and therefore that undermined undermined his ultimate importance and therefore he should be you know put on the on, on the cultural um heap um, to be to be mm. forgotten uh, and that's what like callum's saying is that that's 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 the scandal of it um mm. is that it, it well, it's it still seems... scandalous for talking to muslims like, yeah 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 but dying, dying there's something about dying well you know rome you know whoever you know yeah i'm not going to overemphasize it but yeah that's the jews yeah. the same as well jews greeks and and, and romans very fortunate that, that a death that was it was, was validated there that that person's message hmm. and just think about just to tie this all back from how this conversation started just think of that was the message that the apostles stopped at they just stopped at the crucifixion hmm. Well, then you're worshiping a shameful human. Mm. <laughs> no, but mm. then he was buried and raised. And not just that, he's mediating for us. And if you believe in him, you're going to get sealed by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Here's the greatest news is all this is going away. And 
we're going to get the inheritance that was promised to us. So mm-hmm. that just ties it all back. Just think about that. Like he's right. Like they did think that, but then Paul was like, but wait, there's more mm-hmm. he raised. And it's, oh man, it's just beautiful. So yeah, that was actually mm-hmm. a great comment. Yeah. I think it ties it's back um, to the beginning. It, um, I, I'm probably guilty of this sometimes. I think that, that, that the gospel is only odd today, but actually it's, it's always been odd. If you really mm-hmm. understand it, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. always been odd. Like it's super, it's super weird. Um, yeah. And and I keep thinking, oh, it's just today. It's just it's so hard for modern Western people to understand the gospel. No, it's, it's actually, in fact, probably worse. You know, in the first, second, third, fourth centuries, um, mm-hmm. in, in many ways, because um, we don't attach a lot of the things. You're like, oh, he died on the cross. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's so true. It's so familiar. It's yeah. a bit weird, yeah. but but there's, there's no there's nothing. There's nothing really, um, there's nothing meaningful attached to that um, in, in many ways. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it has lost, yeah, like Callum says, it's it has scandal. lost, it's yeah. lost that scandal um, in, in many ways. Which I don't know can be, can be a good thing in some, I don't know. It's not. Yeah, maybe it's regaining some of it. I, I don't know. I, I think our, our culture definitely finds it weird, but it's, I think losing some of the cultural baggage that we've we've had, I think as people to to use the uh, the common parlance of deconstruction, I think as people start to recognise that what they've been part of is is a bunch of assumptions and traditions, and start digging back into this, they they regain the scandal uh, and start to recognise. I think the the beauty of it, I think that all that sh- that should follow, that we've become so used to certain language and certain terminology that once you really dig in, you start to see something fresh. I guess um, I get a bit of reflux every time you say deconstruct, and it's like, <laughs> it's got a little bit of vomit. <laughs> It's, it's so true. There is a little bit of that. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a too common a used term, but you know, I, I get that it's with like decolonized. Woke, isn't it? It, mean, but, it means yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's become meaningless. De- de- it's just like it's just such a cool term. I'm deconstructing. I'm deconstructing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Eric's got some uh, fans. Hello. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy Ronick. Okay. Eh? Yeah. I love them. We don't need too many hoses. Oh yeah, I also I also got Chelios, man. You know who Chelios is? I hope so. I I don't, but I'm sure he does. Uh, So we got a question here. So what what do you say to people that have grown up in Christian homes who have heard the gospel message so much that it doesn't mean anything? Mm. This around by it, man. We numb to it, or yeah, I guess it's a big challenge. That is a big challenge. Uh, I guess that there is an element of that that that's very trendy on on Twitter, particularly is seeing the sort of um, was was Christian now atheist, mm-hmm. um, and that it, it generally comes out. I, I guess it's way, weighing up. Is it they think they know, but still want to hear? Or are they are adamant they've known it all and think it's rubbish and they're going to just take pot shots at it? And I think on the latter one, where well, you just got to wait it out, I don't think there's really much 
might maybe have some conversations, but it just becomes intellectual argument. But then, just, yeah, it just descends into sniping and biting, especially especially on Twitter as well. For some reason, I think because mm. the messages are because you're so constrained in in how much you can get into a message, you you can't have a proper discussion on there, really, can you? Mm. Well, I mean, I I kind of gave up a long time ago trying to have lengthy discussions on there because you you just can't. Mm. Um, and you just get misread. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll misread. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Like, is that is that too simple to di divide into like they're interested, not interested? You know, um, I think it can I be. Might... I mean, it's it's almost like the danger of you know those. Um, there's a certain stream of thought that it's it's a very big sort of um, Frank Turek and pop apologist kind of approach to it. Well, you you just is it is it Frank Turek keeps on saying, oh well, you you just uh, you just don't want to know the gospel because you you just want to keep on having premarital sex. <laughs> you, you just love your so much. Well, you, I mean, you, you're you're painting it as black and white. As you're just sort of stripping away any possibility that there might be more complex reasons is stripping away any background they might have had is stripping mm. away any reservations any doubts any questions any bad experiences um you're stripping away the fact that they might not have really been the the full gospel as, as eric so you know um so nicely summarized for us hasn't may, may not have been shared with them you you're just kind of throwing them under the bus straight away well you just don't want to hear the gospel because you want to keep on having sex mm. You just you just giving I mean, up on people straight away, you know. Does fail if they're already married. Like that. <laughs> 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 no, that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, yeah, I, I think there are some, there are some severely simplistic answers out there yeah. from apologists. That yeah. And it, it just, can I can I maybe yeah, go on, Eric. add this? You know, the question is how do? Oh wait, no, that's a different question. Um, the question was, um, what do you say to people who have grown up in a Christian homes who have heard the gospel message so much that it doesn't matter? Well, I live the gospel and then I mm. preach the gospel and you show the passion of the gospel, your love for the gospel when you're preaching or when you're in a small group or whatever type of thing your, your church does, you just, you live the gospel so that it's not mundane. It's not just, Oh, I live in America. I live in, you know, this part of the world where Christianity reigns. So that's why I'm a Christian. No, you absolutely mm -hmm. live it out. And I would not be a Christian if my mother-in-law didn't live out her faith and show me that it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just, that is the stepping stone for me is that she lived out her, her faith. And when I cried, she cried when I needed prayer, she prayed and I saw it and I saw how it absolutely changed her mind, how it changed hmm. her life. And I, that made me want to say, Hey, I need to take this more seriously and take a look. Um, so when someone in, who grew up in the church is just like, oh, yeah, I, I believe, but I don't really, you know, go to church or anything like that. And I, I always, and I'm not saying that churches, I, I think that Christians need to be in church. I think the Bible clearly says we need to be together as a congregation and worshiping together. Um, but what, what I mean is, you know, we need to show them how great this gospel is. And I think sometimes in the West 
we haven't. We've uh, mm. <laughs> we've kind of just said, hey, um, this is what you do on Sundays. Um, look at this huge me- mega church, or look at how good of a speaker this guy is, or this person, and you know, we've almost made it kind of legalistic to where it could be, and it's so mm. much more. It's so much more than what I think culturally is seen. It is is such a beautiful such a beautiful message that if if you truly understand it and you truly love it that it it literally oozes out of your body and you want to share it i like mm. that word that's like my word of the day Ooze. Ooze. <laughs> Oozing probably, with the gospel. going on what we've already discussed as well i'd probably ask um i'd ask them to explain the gospel to me um mm. so that i can kind mm. of understand mm. what what they're what their understanding is because i think we said just because you've grown up in the church i know enough people who have deconstructed um, <laughs> and, and and um you know who 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 think they, they, they understand gospel and, and 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 things and then now atheists or you know, secular humanists and things like that or other you know adopted other religious beliefs mm. um so i, I want to find out what, what is it that you you understand the gospel to be uh, and then we can we kind of work out whether um actually yep yeah, you're working from a you, you do understand what it is or, or we you started off actually on a, on a misunderstanding um, mm. so that that would be a good that, that's a very human way i think of, of just if we're talking about having a discussion with someone rather than a sort of mechanism that you mm. know this is what you need to do like you know, craig was saying it's not just you know you're well, clearly, you're psychologically motivated to continue in your sin, and that's why you you're you're in uh, you know you're in rejection to uh, to, to God and and because uh, that's what Paul did in Romans, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Roman roads, <laughs> the Roman road. Yeah, um, yeah. So Everyone I think something knows. like that is important. So it's just it's just mm. like what what their understanding is, and then work work from there. Um, and good question, Dan. Uh, good good questions. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I, I'd just continue on that road of, of uh, when when you find what they're where there's discrepancy. Like I, I think one of the one of the saddest things that I've seen is um, explaining to to someone on, on Twitter of like ba- the the basics of good biblical reading of reading in its context and reading in its the, the book and genre and um I, I was accused of changing the 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 bible basically i was accused of changing the message because he had quoted a verse at me and said it, may, it meant this therefore i was wrong and i said well let's look at the context let's look at how this works and plays out and what, what was actually meant in that passage and then you suddenly realize well christians are doing that all the time uh, like there's so many Christians that will just quote a verse and say, this is what it means. And then you dig into the the context and, and even some of the tenses, like your body is a temple. Like, is that a plural you? What, how does that impact our understanding of what that means? If it's a plural you rather than an individual you. So it, there's stuff where we can dig into the context, the genre, even the, the words behind it. And um, people are, are leaving the faith because they've, they've, absorbed this idea that a single verse tells me all i need to know rather than how do i wrestle with this whole book uh this book of books this these like the verses are 
constructs <laughs> added for our ease of use rather than telling us the message of, of what we're reading. And, and I find so many have just absorbed this idea that I can pick a verse and understand it rather than I, I need to absorb the whole context of this message before I understand what that verse means. Um, so it's, it's some people that have left the faith have left the faith, not knowing how to read the Bible. And when you show them how to read the Bible, they think you're just teaching them a whole nother message. And it's like starting from scratch. But that again, that's, that's, that's the nature of what, what, church has become isn't it as we're going yeah. back to what we've already discussed about no catechesis no um you know you don't have like classes for you know you you know we do you know some of those alpha course then maybe they become a christian then they go to church or something that's it and then you know maybe they'll they'll be lucky enough to come across uh you know a decent bible translation and, and a tim keller book uh mm -hmm. but a lot of times maybe it's you know something else it's uh you know yeah seeing their their reading I'm not going to shame, but you know other you know other other authors that that take a um, you know more hostile or um, uh, insufficient approach to, to to Christianity, and then that's that's kind of what they're bred on, and so that mm. has much more impact. I, I, I you know I think I get much more I'm much more influenced by a book I read than a sermon. I'll be honest, uh, yeah. mainly because I'm probably coming in and out of the kids screaming and and uh, but. But a, a half an hour sermon, I think, has much less impact on me than ten hours reading a good book, mm. um, especially if it's, it is a good book, um, or the yeah. Bible as well. You know, I'm talking about reading scripture as well. But but I mean, an actual com comparing a sermon to 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 a, to a book, and I think um, a lot of Christians read really bad books, and and so they're being catechized by a a culture um, that, that's not conducive with Christianity, but then also reading books that don't really prepare them or equip them to, to under, have a, have a Christian worldview or mm. um, understand ways in a different way. And so you end up just having Christians who are really just a lot of secular humanists, but use Christian language. Mm. Sounds Ooh. like, it sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying is there's a big lack of discipleship. And if we, yeah, have I mean, we don't do it, yeah. I've never, I've never yeah. been discipled. Mm. Man, you gotta come mm. come to my church. I'll, I'll no, no, I, and I these half hour sermons, come on, I you gotta listen to Eric's preaching. Well, no, I, went, <laughs> I, went to, I went to a I was brought up in a, well Pentecostal church for a while, so I was used to two hour sermons. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So so we <laughs> well, you just hear five. you just hear me talk for a half hour and you're gonna be zonked anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, church, of, yeah. church of England's fifteen, non denominational, you'll probably get thirty to forty. Mm. Um we 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 find that we're preaching too long if we we end up about 40 in my church we try and aim for 30 mark i kind um, of just look over at my wife and if my wife is just like oh, come on <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right. sorry football's on i forgot um but, uh, yeah you know i think that's a big well, you're, you're right dan i think we forget in the great commission that it says um go therefore um to all the nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit teaching them all that mm -hmm. you have observed and i think we we forget that teaching part and if we even go back into history um in the second century when they couldn't really go out and evangelize this this was happening in people's homes and kitchens um it's not like it was like oh you believe okay cool let's get you in the water 
and leave you alone. No, they for three years, they went through a course. They were catechized uh, before they could mm -hmm. even do it because it was like, hey, this is the life. You will probably die. You, We are martyred all the time. And if you know and believe this gospel, let's get you in the water. You can start taking communion. And that's how it was. And yet we, we definitely have a lack of that. I'm not saying we go back to a three-year thing because we're not mm. we're not fighting mar martyrdom anymore. Well, most of us aren't. Months. There are a lot. Take three yeah. months. Yeah. yeah. You know, a good, a good discipleship, like, listen, this is God. He is triune. This is what it means. This is how we understand it. Um, this is scripture. This is mm -hmm. that. This is where we get it. You know, this is why we, why we believe it because scripture, because God says, you know, um, instead of just, oh, okay, so you believe in Christ. Let's get you in that water. Bam, on your way. And then we just yep. rack, up the, we rack up the numbers. Yep. Yep. We, we rack up yep. the numbers in the church and numbers mean more tithing. And it's just, uh, to me, that's just wrong. That's mm -hmm. not, it's it not how you do church. Who was it that described modern Western Christianity as moralistic therapeutic, therapeutic deism? I can't remember who yeah. coined it. It was a big thing of um, from a sociologist, um, mm, called, yeah, um, something Smith. I can't remember his name, but it was yeah, the Benedictine option. No, it came. It, it's from the sociology literature originally. Yeah, but he, he popularized it. it. Yeah, like Mark Driscoll used it as well in some of his books. Um, Christian Smith, Christian Smith is mm. a Chris, Christian and a sociologist. Maybe Adam Four D as well. Apparently, in the comments, <laughs> so, somewhat, a few people popularized it. Um, yeah, that, that that is what it has become in, in many in many ways. Uh, and I think you touched on that a while back, Eric, of, of that it's what, what I can, what can the gospel do for me? Um, and while there is a good news aspect of what the gospel has done, is doing and will do for you, it's, it's more than that. Uh, and it does require, it does require your own life. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, while, while God has rescued us from from death, we are told to give up our life and and serve Him. So, um, yeah, there, there there is a that that whole cost element in our in our teaching, and I think even in our sermonizing, even those of us who do longer sermons, uh, I think sometimes we rush to, or at least I, I found, we rush to apply it in a sense of what it means to for me to do now and that application is generally quite legalistic <laughs> or it's it's not quite what the text is saying or even if the text is saying an application at all uh, we, we're rushing so fast to go from here's the application of this text to us rather than this text to god hmm. or this text to god's kingdom or this god this text to jesus and um one of the big changes of my reading of scripture is recognizing that instead of reading every parable to be how I should live, read it as to what it means about Jesus's kingdom and, and what it means for Jesus's mission. And you start to see the scriptures as far more less about us uh, and more about what God's doing and how we get to be a part of it. Um, and, and that in itself, I think, destabilizes a lot of the whole prosperity stuff that we we see in our our culture 
just the realization that the Bible's not about us. Yeah. The Bible's about God, not about us. So we shouldn't be trying to force our way into the center of it. Yeah. Amen. So uh, we, we've talked about the gospel for <laughs> an <hour and> 20 <laughs> minutes. I think, I think it's, really, it's really good. It's really some really good meat, meaty stuff to, uh, to cover in that. Um, I guess, I guess the final thing as we sort of hit the, the hour and a half mark in a, in a few minutes to just go from that. Um, so a bit of a controversial post, uh, that I posted on, on my Facebook wall that, that started a bit of discussion that I'm interested in your thoughts. Uh, the title is, uh, so my dog's rolling around on the carpet down there. Um, the, t- the title is Christianity is not about a personal relationship with Jesus um so if we've got the if we've got the gospel i guess what what is what what is the the sort of step of uh someone wanting to go to the gospel to to take the gospel do do we tell them to say a prayer and declare that they have a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ is that is that it or it, like no where do we take where do we take this? Go on, Craig. You said no. You you start. Well, I think I think that's an attempt. I mean, I haven't do you say it was an article? I haven't Yeah, I'll put it I'll put the it. article in uh the chat. But it almost sounds it, like it is quite interesting. Oversimplify oversimplify it and, and polarize opinion on it for just for the sake of getting a lot of people to read their article. I mean it's it's a double-barreled thing. Christianity is a personal relationship with God because we're, we're described as children of God. So there's, there's obviously an element whereby it's a personal relationship. Um, but then de- in that context, it would depend on exactly what they mean by Christianity. What, what are they talking about by Christianity? Do they mean the, the, whole, the whole of Christian theology isn't centered on a personal relationship with God or... You'd be that that the that the I guess it, it the main thing was fighting this idea that um almost I, I don't really need the church, it's about me and Jesus. Uh that that kind of idea that we often inadvertently bring up in our evangelism mm-hmm. when we're talking about um say a prayer. Yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah. Well that that's immensely damaging, isn't it? It's immensely damaging. You 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 know, you get people to to repeat the prayer and tell them that they're saved, and then off they toddle and they never set foot in church again. Um, and then one day they face judgment and find out that that little prayer that they said didn't really mean anything mm. because they were just repeating what somebody else told them. And we we become children of God, but we become part of the kingdom as well. So, yeah, I I don't I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I don't have anything to disagree with, particularly in that. Eric, what, what have you got on it? As, as, um, as we wrap up, sort of. Yeah. So, we to be quick, um, I'd have to read the article. Um, it's not just saying a prayer and walking away, even, or, and then being like, okay, cool, and then going on. Um, because if we look at the greatest commandment that Jesus tells us, he tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, 
relationship, soul relationship and mind. That's that's where we get into studying the word and being involved. Um, so it's not just saying a prayer. Okay, now I'm just going to walk because relationship takes communication. So that's prayer. Relationship takes um, submission. Okay. Um, it, it takes um, honoring and obeying and loving. Um, and you can't just do that by just saying a prayer and going on um, because we're told to meditate on the word. Right. So that means we've got to be involved and we're told to, to engage our minds in these things. And the early Christians did. Paul was definitely a, a smart, a smart person, smart man um, who went to Athens and saw these philosophies like, wait, you're just, you're literally stealing from <laughs> your plate. You know, you guys are Platonists, but you're already stealing what has been said for centuries. Um, like here, hmm. let's, let's do this. And then, you know, you, you just look at the early church fathers too. Like they were, they're just like, they thought about God and it, a a Anselm, I mean, I'm doing so much study that I have to bring him up, but he thought about God so deeply that it brought him joy when he, he can say, listen, I, he's the incomprehensible greatest that uh, there is none greater than, than God. And, and he did that with his mind that it grew his joy in relationship with him, that that's all he wanted to do was spend the rest of his life as a monk, um, worshiping mm. God, but they wouldn't let him. They said, no, you got to be an archbishop. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, then they, and they exiled him and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. I've, I've never liked it. it. It makes, when people say I've got a personal relationship with, with Jesus, it just it always makes me feel like he's my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't. You can get that uh, T-shirt if you want. Yeah, Jesus sure. is my boyfriend. Yeah, it, it, um, yeah. So it's never struck me as either biblical, and, and I, before I get into the fact, it cheapens the site, the whole notion of what it means to be a disciple. Um, it's incredibly individualistic as well. But we're 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 saved by God is a Trinity, a community, saved by a community to be brought into a community, the church. Um, um, and so the whole, the whole nature of, 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 of being the church is that you are, when we talk about parts of a body, you know, we are, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think that whole notion of uh, the, the whole notion of personal relationship feels incredibly Western and modern and, and, and individualistic in a way that you approach God on your terms. Um, mm. you have a bit of God today not tomorrow you know um maybe next you know on sunday but you know it, it feels like um it, it, it's it's a modern way of saying i i want i'm going to put one foot in one but the rest of me is going to be out and i'm going to have the you know mm -hmm. i'm not going to i'm not going to give myself fully to god and be a disciple so when you think about you know the way that we will talk about i oh, have a personal relationship with god other than being a disciple although to be fair i think a lot of people who do understand have a good understanding of discipleship i've still would still i've heard you know people saying you know i have a personal relationship with with, mm. with jesus but that just makes me feel uncomfortable but i can't feel that the whole the whole notion in and of itself is actually quite unhelpful and and dangerous in a way like if if, if that combined with like you're saying you know, go and say a prayer you know it's kind of like 
it almost turns it into magic. You know, the fairy godmother, you know, waving her wand over you know, Cinderella. <laughs> now she's become, back yeah, back with the wand. <laughs> she's, you know, she's got her dress on and everything's great, but it will run out. You know, if you if that's all you've got, you know, well, you know, the the carriage is going to turn back into a pumpkin, and 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 mm. um, it, it's, yeah, it's um. I, yeah, I, put, I haven't read the article. Um, no, it's fine. I wasn't but, expecting but, you to. It's just um, just something instead of conversation. But that that would be my my surface level. Um, yeah, there's uh, a good I, book by by J D Greer about this called "Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart." Um, hmm. I definitely re- recommend that book. I've read it twice, and it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. Um, but that's just yeah. Book, so it's helpful recommending ask. things yeah. like that. I, I I agree. I think I I think talk about Twitter. There was there was a quote I saw. And and it wasn't after any study or anything, but it it was more anecdotal that the the vast majority of those who've left the faith have left are over a um, or can be summarised in a statement of uh, I'm disappointed in the God I th- I expected God to be, um, and I think some of that is comes from this idea we set up uh this this god in our image of what he can do for me and when the disappointment kicks in or when we don't get what we thought we were were offered um we we don't i guess one of the things missing in western discipleship is the ability to for faith to survive disappointment and grief and pain um and so we expect and a lot of people still expect everything to be good and, and peachy the moment that we put more faith in god and if it's not we've got to pray harder we've got to give more um and uh yeah that just becomes really messy because that's all about my personal relationship rather than about a community where we wrestle with scripture together we work out who god is together we allow community to change our habits challenge us and f- and help form us all with the power of the holy spirit together moving forward bringing his kingdom i think that's so much better news than knowing that this sort of isolation of of me and jesus um just very trite um yeah some good stuff guys uh, i've appreciated it there's been some good questions um thanks guys in the chat for for commenting any final comments resources things that you you want to share um, as we close up well, I was just Callum says that he says he's noticing that he tends to agree with me on most things. Um, Be careful so, with that. Mm, yeah, he'll get you. Yeah. He'll get you digging into something controversial, setting up a channel yeah. that like upsets people. Callum's washing his hands of it completely. Callum's very wise. Very wise. Definitely don't agree with me. Definitely don't agree with me ever. <laughs> yeah, Do I like this as well, Callum. Yeah, yeah. Who is? Good. Do we know Callum? He said that he knew three of us. Who? Oh, I seen. I just watched the channel before. Callum's oh, a friend of the channel now. Uh, and those are the podcast. Callum just made a good comment. Regain the Christian life as a pilgrimage, not a joyride. I think that's uh, a good way to s- summarize it. One. Beautiful. <laughs> well, guys, it's been a privilege yeah. uh, and a pleasure to discuss the gospel with you. Thanks very much. Thanks for great. being our friends. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> anytime, yeah. anytime. I'm always free. Nice. Well, that's it. You'll be roped in. it gives me it gives me an opportunity to get off work like an hour early so i'm good i'm good hey there you go 
Um, so everyone on the channel, feel free to share, like, subscribe, do all those things. Um, big shout out to those who who do give a little bit of money to help this go onto a website and podcast and things, and and that we use this Streamyard stuff. Uh, very grateful to all of you. And um, our next conversation, Dan, you lined up our next one. Who is it? Um, Can you remember? Is it Nick? I think it might. I think it might be my friend Nick, Nick Colgrove. So he is. Um, he's a, a Christian and a philosopher. Um, focuses a lot on philosophy, uh, yeah, ethics and and philosophy of religion and things like that. So he's he's a really good guy. Um, so cool. And he's American. He's oh, yeah. Well, forgive him for that. He's a Well. Yeah, 28th of October is the day. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. We're going to be talking about why about philosophy and why Christians should study philosophy, um, and what's to kind of be gained from it, or should we not? Should we stay away from it? Is it going to lead you away from Christ? You know. Um, no. So we'll, we'll 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 talk about that, and it, it, we'll have a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice, cool. All right, well we'll close it there. Thanks everyone, and uh, God bless you. Have a good night or rest of your day wherever you are in the world. See you later. Are you not for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show if you like what you hear please do give us a subscribe on youtube or follow us on any of the social media out there and give us feedback get in touch let us know what you think if you really enjoyed the content and want to support it find us on patreon.com